downtown on the oh, circle. Yeah. So all weekend, there were people in costumes and people in motorcycle gangs. And it makes the most <laughs> it was ridiculous nightlife. I mean, it was such an, an exceptional experience and something that we, I think David can speak to as well. I wish that I could say that Indianapolis was like that every day of the, of the week. But I, it's, pretty cool. it's, that, oh, it's yeah. not that it's that different than, than if you go to Georgia Street on the weekend when they're having when a block party. There's yeah. always an event because we have the Georgia Street block parties now as a thing. So... There's that's the, the non-spontaneous event, but there's also that new spontaneous energy from what whoever is in town doing whatever they would like, and it's something where we, I think, as as a podcast, are going to be taking advantage of the Georgia Street space as well. well I, I talked to the Visit Indie people about doing that actually. Something in conjunction with that, um, talking about bringing more flavor into the community and livening it up, and. Sun King, a local beer brewer here, oh, did the did beer for Gen Con, and you, t- you texted me about yeah, that, the Flag and Slayer. Slayer. We had I mean, some news on that front, actually. It was yeah. a, uh, a honey mead. Yeah, a drag, a bracket or dragon Slayer. Flag, yeah, flag it's the Slayer. type of beer is either a bracket or a dragon. I can't remember. I think yeah. it's a bracket. But, uh, yeah, I was reading about that, and the only place you're going to be able to get that now that Gen Con is over is at the Georgia Street Block Party this week. Oh, that's brilliant. Oh, wow. That's the tapping, so you won't get that David, beer again. It has a beer that you have never drunk. <laughs> yeah, we, you won't be able to get that one again. And the from what of, I heard... The look of, like, suspension of disbelief on Andrew's face right now is is why I wish this was a visual medium. Look, from the time that you texted me and told me you drank that beer yeah. until you finally untapped it, yeah. like, three or four hours, it went from... Because I had to get to internet. Well, signal. it went from that beer not existing on untapped to there being almost 100... Oh, untap, nice. <laughs> tappings of that beer. So you know all those people that are Gen Con. It just yeah. shows the the crossover between the beer drinking community and the nerd community. Now They're the, one and the same. We we have something to to talk about into that ex- exact crossover. I know this is something that is in the works, but it's it rather than than this being like a spoiler or saying oh if this doesn't happen be disappointed. It's it's rather it's any any positive feedback that we get about this is only going to help us to achieve um, this idea that we have. We talked to. Um, some of the public relations people at, at the Sun King event, um, they're about going and doing a brewery tour or hosting a live podcast. All hills, yeah. Because I mean, they do podcasts from there all the time. But we wanted to go, go into the nerdy side of things. Like, we want to know about the wheat genome, bitches. Oh. We want to we want to see some lab coats. And their brewmaster is apparently a huge D&D fan. Like, Flag and Slayer didn't just get dreamed up overnight. Like, this, no. there's a thought process behind this. So that's something that we want to show. And even if we can't go there, um, the, the uh, I have a good friend who is the one of the brewmasters at Hey, hey can I interrupt you real quick? Of course, of course. Um, we actually went to, uh, the three of us actually went to high school with uh, one of the guys who works for Sun King. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, They're really nice people. I mean, I I just want to mention that this is the biggest smile I've ever seen on Andrew's face when he brought up beer. Oh, wow. <laughs> look at him. Look at him. What a <laughs> jolly. I almost think that we should have like a monthly independent beer podcast for him just to talk about craft beers because in Indiana. Chance knows more than me. I don't know if that's the truth, but... I was just so delighted to have finally tried drink Three a Floyds lot. recently because yeah. I've heard so many great things. I mean, you oh. get brewery, best brewery in the world honors to beat up Belgian monks. I mean, those people have been trying. They have some excellent They've stuff. They've walked bare feet since the 1600s brewing their beer, and yeah. maybe that's why it has that weird and funky taste that is so I had, awesome. I had a really <laughs> excellent experience with a Sun King representative a weekend ago when I went into the liquor store. They were, they were doing a Sun King beer tasting. They were showcasing like three of the beers they only have on tap at the brewery yeah and uh i was talking to her about how much i love the grapefruit jungle and she just mm-hmm. happened to have one in the cooler and she pulled it out and she put it in a little cool in a little koozie for me and gave it to me for free oh, nice. and it was like the the last one of the last ones because they had sold out she said the day they tapped that beer they sold out wow and that they just didn't move it all at once like they shipped it out intermittently but the people are really excellent there so Oh, yeah. I, I could see that. We I think work all with them of the local well. breweries, like I said, I was about to say, like Fountain Square. I have a friend who um, I loved him out throughout high school because he had this giant, multicolored mohawk uh, that was. You knew this guy was going places. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> he was peacocking. He, he combined like his love of robotics and uh, and and beer, and he's like he he handles like the assembly line procedures at and is this epic nerd uh, and was on the robotics team in high school. And Why so he's, he's, he's also uh, hopefully one of our listeners as well. Why are you guys slipping burgers at each other? I'm just curious about that. There was some weird shit oh, going no, like they're, they're just go, They're in a daze right now. Well, like I wasn't sure if there was a reference I wasn't catching. So I don't understand like, what's up with Andrew. You look like Santa Claus right now. Your cheeks are, like, jolly. He, he looks like Santa Claus wearing an Andrew Luck jersey. <laughs> Do you know? Do you know what? Um, we actually did have a Santa Claus cosplayer, and I've already. I saw that Saint Nicholas. Yeah. Hashtag Catholic cosplay. Nice, <laughs> nice. 
And that got favorited by uh, hopefully our new uh, podcasty friends, the uh, the Nerdonomy folks. Gotcha. Anyways, um, welcome back to another kind of epic show. I'm David West. I'm Gabriel Canada. I'm Andrew Crowley. And Chance Hoover. Um, Together we form a giant fighting robot, but mostly just a podcast. Is it now? Wait, is that a Power Rangers or a Voltron reference? Oh, there was Voltron. a weird That's experience at the movie theater. Please, oh God, it's, it's a Jack, Japanese tokusatsu. Wednesday, reference. right? Was it Wednesday? No, it was Tuesday. 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 We had a, pre, a slight pre-screening of Kick-Ass Two, and myself, David West, Andrew Cully, and David Gilman, and my girlfriend, were up. Oh, and Marissa was yeah. there as well. David West's girlfriend. We're up at the Caston Square Mall, and somebody. I don't even remember what brought it up. Um, I think oh, he writes movie about, scripts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we were talking about our latest short film that we did. and yeah. uh, Someone overheard that. You, somebody overheard it, and they asked David Gillen, oh, oh, you write movie scripts. It's the weirdest thing ever. Yeah, and so they, he, he's asking David Gilman if he can help him with an idea he had where he wanted to write a, a story for the Voltron, like the universe centered around Voltron, and uh, that's funny because there is already a Voltron. Well, movie no, he said that that sucks, and he wants to write another <laughs> one. And he was getting—I I mean, he was getting in deep into some shit I don't know about. Yet. I know he was getting deep into some shit I don't know about, but he—he he was very animated about it, and it was kind of scary. I, I, was that a pun there, buddy? Very animated uh, about the Voltron. No, Voltron's no work. pun intended. Well. The guy clearly didn't know his facts because we brought up Power Rangers. Yeah, he didn't like the Power Rangers. He didn't like the Power Rangers, and he was like, Voltron was first. And I was like, no. No, they... No. Mm, yeah, in Japan, the, um, the original Henshin, like the the Super Super Sentai series, although it's predated by another title. Spider-Man. Well, I mean, Spider-Man is also tokusatsu, yeah, with the giant giant uh, robot. That was the first one. Super Sentai, yeah. Yeah, that was in 1969. So that's, I mean, Stan Lee is responsible for the Power Rangers. Yeah, yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, I spaced out while you guys were talking. No, it's a true fact. <laughs> uh, Stan, without Stan Lee, there wouldn't be any Power Rangers. He, um, Marvel and Stan Lee had a developmental relationship with Japanese uh, broadcast networks. They've done this in India as well, where there's an Indian version of Spider-Man that ran around for a couple of years. In fact, there's a whole Bollywood universe of Spider-Man, just like there's a whole un- or, uh, Marvel universe, just like there's a whole um, uh, manga-verse for, 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 uh, for that. But this predates the manga-verse. This is in 1969, they, after they did the... I mean, I don't know if they'd even done the American cartoon yet. They did um, yeah, a Japanese... Yeah, started in 67? 66 or 67, I think. So yeah. before the awful 70s, well, awful and good in its own way, 70s Spider-Man live-action show, there is a one that predates it from 1969, and it was the first instance of... And Stanley was at least in part of the development in that he had to give the okay and do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and they used other Marvel characters in the first... Uh, in the second season of uh, what became Power Rangers. They they had obscure um, like it was like a United Nations type of thing, and they used obscure characters. Like one of them was Lady Liberty, I think is her name, hmm. and she's not really been seen very much since. So they were kind of like throwaway characters that they could license to this Japanese company and make money off things that weren't in a current run. And man, did they make money! I mean, because you're selling the toys. That's how like they make the money. The TV series Mutant X. Remember that? Oh yep. God, I remember <laughs> that. <laughs> Hey, I like it because the stretchy dude saves the day. Uh, I mean, I'm just saying. He uh, does have to die, though. Fuck that. No. <laughs> oh, I want to watch it, but now, now I won't. Now I won't. You remember a lot more about that show than anybody else. Definitely. Uh, I was a nerd in the 90s, okay? But I just mostly was a TV nerd. Except Early that I 2000s. Wasn't, it came out after X-Men. Was it? Oh, no. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of both. There's there was a there was like a Mutant X series that came out. Um, in the, there was a pilot. It was like a backdoor pilot. Andrew, stop microphone. <laughs> Anyways. And then there was the Mutant X series where like people could transform one of the guy's powers was like he could change his density and, and like move through objects or become hard as stone. And other things. I do actually remember that show. <laughs> That's what she said. Oh. Uh, well she did say that at some point, presumably. Uh, but speaking of uh, shows with you know uh, you would not think we're connected to, you know, producers uh, Dolly Parton's uh, production company uh, <laughs> was actually one of the producers of uh, one of the people who helped get the Buffy the Vampire show off the ground. Wow! They bought the rights, to, bought the TV rights to it. So you know, uh, I saw it on Bleeding Cool the like uh, the other week. Uh, you know, she wasn't like you know heavily involved, but you know, it's kind of cool that you know. Do, do you think Dolly is a watcher? I hope I so. Hope, yeah, I hope that she loves vampires and vampire hunters, and that's why she invested in the show. And <laughs> nobody would suspect her because she's such a, a sweet lady no, 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 that I you mean, know a watcher. Oh, I got you. Right. Yeah, like so uh, you were like, why is Gabe throwing around nerdy references? This is a new thing. <laughs> Uh, uh, speaking of Buffy, uh, 
Did you know Joss Whedon absolutely hates the, the first movie? Oh, yeah. yeah I, I knew that, yeah. Yeah, absolutely hates it. I, I like that movie. It's fun. It's different, but it's fun. Anyways, I'm going to go ahead and hit the space bar, because we're ten minutes in and haven't hit the uh, opening music yet. Really? Yeah. Did we just pause? I thought you were hitting the opening music earlier. Was Fuck our introduction that. just that bad? No, I, I deleted that and then hopped back in and... That's why I introduced ourselves again. Oh, you didn't wow. realize that. I am so happy that you did that. I felt it was weird to have two introductions. Okay, I'm hitting the pause button. Oh. Pause. Pause, damn it. Yes. So, question. Uh, so now can we discuss before we hit the... Oh, you hit the space bar again. Yeah, I did. We're already <laughs> recording, Dave. We're already recording. We're just going to jump right into it. So, um, this weekend, if you were in Indianapolis, you were probably here for Gen Con. Or, or the Fringe Festival, or which is Fringe also Festival, nerdy. Or the, or the Abate Motorcycle Rally. Yeah. Which was scary. Or just MotoGP and in awesome. general, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, the MotoGP. I forgot about it that one, too. It was an awesome, awesome weekend to be in Indianapolis. And it's one of the... It's it's proof positive of just, like, the awesome cultural blend of indie. I mean, what makes it unique and why it's possible to host events is that... I think there's just that air of hospitality that makes it possible where, like, nerds aren't going to be intimidated being there with people who are big sports fans. And people are able to kind of let themselves uh, hang a little bit looser because of that fact. Like the fact that the people who are who are there enjoying the motorcycle rally can come over and look at at, at cute girls in uh, in costumes like what the hell oh is going yeah on over there? there was a lot of that going on there was a lot of men in leather pants chasing after girls in leather pants in costume though like just men in their street clothes and also just looking at awesome costumes in general and saying you guys clearly have a passion for this there must be something to that and also I, I guess we're gonna say that the uh, the social uh, what was it the social lubricant that is alcohol was omnipresent? Oh, and so well, that helps everybody blend together. I, I think that the bikers were going over not for the passion, but for the tits um, more than anything. And oh, I'm almost not positive. We have an interview with maybe, them. Almost positive. Maybe they're cosplaying they as uh, the people from uh, Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> Yeah, that could be any Sons of Anarchy cosplay. That would be a cool crossover, uh, like do do the TV shows with people who are on Pacific Rim. So, for example, Hannibal Chow with his character uh, in Sons of Anarchy, uh, Charlie Day, uh, scientist. That's awesome. I don't know why Sons of Anarchy doesn't have a presence this weekend. Like, that would have been great. At Con? Yeah. Or at the Motor GP? I almost think because of the merger of the two, like, it presents a unique opportunity. Why the hell would Sons of Anarchy be at Gen Con? Yeah, I don't think they would care about that. They could have a trading card game. Oh. <laughs> they could end, but oh, Andrew, um, you might want to ask your brother to pick it up for you. But up in Muncie, they had a poster sale going uh-huh. on out on one of the, the campus somewhere. Uh-huh. A giant Breaking Bad poster. It's the shot of Walter in the chair in the warehouse. Oh, uh, all hell, uh, hell the all, king. Yeah, all hell the king. Giant. I mean, it would take up this wall. Oh, cool. You should give him a ring. And be like, pick out that poster. I don't have anywhere to put it. Oh. Well, never mind then. Anyways, I appreciate the offer. Um, so, Gabe, uh, you were the one that was at the convention mostly this weekend. Um, what was going on? Well, actually, I mean, did a bit of, um, of, uh, of a floor report audio-wise, but it wasn't there wasn't much to it because I only talked to a couple of the developers when I was out of the gate, and then you just get distracted by everything because yeah. there's, there's a lot of that's going on. And it's one of those things where I didn't play any games this weekend, unfortunately. I didn't... Um, the only panel that I attended was the Peter Davison panel, yeah. and I still had a great time. Yeah, that was fantastic. It, I mean, it's just the, the general feel of it, talking to the people who are there to promote, um, watching people demo games, watching the um, different shows that they have set up. Like, there's interactive things. There are people singing in the hallways. They have all the, they call themselves filkers, the folk rock fiction people, I guess, is where that comes from. Um, there were Klingons roaming about. Although I didn't get to see them take over the Arts Garden. I was looking forward to that <laughs> because we were at the, the very awesome Peter Davison panel. And so that was my first doctor experience. I'd never seen um, any panel with a proper doctor before. You never forget your first doctor? <laughs> no, you never do no. forget your first doctor. I've been wearing this shirt for three days. Oh. oh. That explains. I thought it was extra con funk from me, but no, I showered <laughs> and I brushed my teeth and done all good things. So, that so have I. Do. I just put the same shirt on. That's, uh, an, that's the name of my... Uh, uh, nerdy uh, Funkadelic Parliament uh, tribute band. 
Confum? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a good name. Um, anyway, so do you have anything special to share with everybody? Um, so, yeah, I mean, the first thing that I want to do, I'm kind of going in chronological order here. We, we showed up um, on, on Thursday, I mean, after, after work and brought you along with me. And uh, before, before you got there, though, I ended up uh, interviewing some sheep. Which is a thing that one can do at conventions, apparently. Now, what kind of sheep were these? No. He did interview sheep. I'm not... The bleeding kind, not, no, the, no, not no. the human kind in costumes. Yeah, yeah, I mean, sheep. They're, they're, I mean, no, I would, they'd be deeply offended if you were, if you were to, to imply anything about that, I think, yeah. Yeah, they were, they were sheep. Don't be specious right now, Chance. I'm not being a specious. Specious. <laughs> I can't say that word. <laughs> specious. Well, we expect you to be able to say it, Andrew. I thought Chance could pull it off, too. And he can. <laughs> but we put you on the spot on that one. Chance is a linguist. He is a Cunning linguist. linguist. Thank you. You speak Chinese. I don't speak anything. I wish. He, he's our... I Aura. can speak into a Chinese. You are Microphone. You need to be... Um, you need. We need to get you in the red skirt. I'm not wearing a skirt. <laughs> oh, well, okay, I take that back. I might wear a skirt. Depends on what the print is. Oh, I'm, I'm, this is not uncommon on the show, but we're getting off on a different... On a, on a different You're getting uh, off on tangent. some different horse stuff. Horse of a different color, and we're talking about sheep. You're getting <laughs> off on a horse? All right, so uh, uh, give us a little background on these guys. We do a little right. bit of an introduction in there, because I have to ask them the exact same question of, why am I interviewing sheep again? Okay. But they're um, they're all over the the at Gen Con. This is their first official Gen Con. Um, but these this is from the Bob and Angus Show, um, which is a promotional uh, group that that does um, news and uh, all sorts of coverage and, and fun stuff uh, for Mayfair Games. And they had a lot of stuff to promote at Gen Con. Um, essentially, after the the sheep were done with their show and they had their Catan tournament for charity, uh, benefiting the Boys and Girls Club of Indianapolis, um, they actually had Will Wheaton come out. They had Will Wheaton. Uh, attend cool. the uh, for their awesome Mayfair bespectacled not booth but outdoor pavilion with with fire and Catan that was massive. They, they they rolled out this massive mat that was easily about half the size of this room, wow. and they played Star Wars Star Trek Catan on it. Oh, nice! And Will Wheaton, uh, I believe, was victorious thanks to my friend's baby, which he kissed. But that's a different story. <laughs> now now to the story with the sheep. Okay. No, I was just going to have you hit the space oh. bar. <laughs> okay, just, just double second. All right, this is Gabe uh, here at Gen Con 2013, and I am at the uh, really awesome outdoor... What do you... This is not a booth. <laughs> this is... Party. It's a pavilion. We call it a pavilion. That's good. I like that. Pavilion. So we're at the Mayfair Pavilion, and uh, this is not a visual medium, so no one is aware at this point that I'm interviewing sheep. I, they, they're, they're blissfully aware. And now why? Maybe I should ask you to do the introduction here. Why? Why am I interviewing two, a pair of sheep? Well, we do a news program from uh, Mayfair Games, that we talk about uh, various sundry Mayfair games and just news, gaming news in general, and uh, other shenanigans that we get up to uh, during time. My name is Angus McPeters, uh, with my partner Bob McWardle, who's off uh, doing something else at the moment, and our uh, intern in news you. Claire Elizabeth O'Brien over here. Hi, I'm Claire Elizabeth O'Brien, and I am the news you here at the Bob and Angus Show. I give you all the news that's fit to use. That's horrible. Horrible. I'm I'm not very familiar with um, with sheep, even though we're from a fairly rural state, but but we, we pretend to be metropolitan now and then. So what uh, is journalism common to, to sheep in general? Well, I had a cousin once who uh, wrote for Rolling Stone, but I think I'm about the only one in my family who's actually done it, uh, you know, on the YouTubes. Uh, I did a lot of things in my life before I, uh, before I did this and met Bob. And, uh, I was a uh, you know, groundskeeper at a golf course in Scotland and uh, lost a bit of my horn in that one. And... Uh, did fight in the Battle of Chicken Run, lost a bit of my horn in that one, and, uh, and several other things around the world. Met my wife and uh, settled down in the States here. Met Bob and uh, we started the show. It's been uh, uh, uphill ever since. <laughs> and, and how about yourself? Are you a paid intern? Or what, what, what kind of a salary does, does, a, uh, does a, a sheep intern pull I mean, at, at this type of, uh, of an event? Um, they pay me in bales of alfalfa. And um, so far, I think that I've received two bales for my um, year and a half of service. 
Um, I'm hoping that I'll get a raise and that I'll earn a different kind of green someday so that I can pay my electric bill with something other than alfalfa. Wow, wow. Um, I'm not going to, to tell the National Labor Relations Board. We're going to keep right. this on the down low. It doesn't cover sheep anyway, so, so what if I, you know, she's got food and the, uh, I suppose she's got a nice place to live. I've never been there, so I couldn't tell you. But uh, that'd be inappropriate. You're the, you're the boss. Yeah, nah. Nah, I got better things to do anyway. <laughs> well, anyway, um, now on to the actual news bit of, of why you guys are here at this amazing booth, uh, booth come large outdoor pavilion uh, representing uh, Mayfair Games at Gen Con 2013 here in Indy. And um, that's a lot to fit into context, but uh, we're, we're not a visual medium. That's why they don't know that I'm talking to sheep right now. So anyway, the... Uh, <laughs> That's the bad thing about a unidirectional microphone. They can't hear the, the, the awful noise going on, but they also couldn't hear the awesome bleeding as well. More, more bleeps than bleats usually in our episodes. But um, anyway, uh, yeah, we wanted to get to the news bit. You have uh, two really good things to, to be promoting here, um, just the show in general, of course. Um, but uh, I wanted to see uh, what, what else is uh, Mayfair promoting uh, besides uh, you guys uh, out, out here at Gen Con. Well, uh, tonight was the, uh, the charity for Big Brothers Sisters of uh, whatever we're at, Indianapolis, right? Um, and and there, uh, it's a, uh, a Star Trek Catan tournament that uh, these folks are playing in, and uh, the final three get to play Will Wheaton in the, in the finale on a very huge, of course, this is a, not a visual medium, but a huge uh, board of uh, Star Trek Catan with very large Star Trek pieces and such. So, and uh, they raised over $5,000. It was very nice. Um, the other things they're doing at the, at the booth, of course, there's a lot of new games and stuff coming out. Um, we'll have to talk about the... Uh, the uh, uh, also, a, in uh, tomorrow, I think, tomorrow, there's going to be a, uh, an attempt at the Guinness World Record of how many people can play set as a katan at once. I think they're going for 1,000 people, and I think they've got there. So that's going to be very exciting. Um, We're gonna go for a thousand people and three sheep. Yeah, that'll be good. I, I'm, I'm quite concerned for the sheep population at that point because that's that's less that's more like a small town than a settlement, and then there's going to be some issues with food. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're hoping they're all vegetarians. Anyway, at, at least they don't like Greek food, so there's that. Um, other than that, uh, what else? Let me know when you're ready. Okay. Also, is the Catan North American World Champions, a championship that will be streamed live on. Uh, <laughs> all right, North American Championships that will be streamed live on Sunday. So, uh, well, it, it might be later than you guys, but it, it's usually up for a while, I think. Or is it just live, live? Yeah. And then, uh, other than that, we've got our booth. Where we talk uh, to people, take pictures, and whatnot. Um, you can always check us out on the Bob and Angus Show dot com, and uh, that about yeah. And then uh, just kind of uh, on a final note here, um, uh, what's it like? I mean, this is something that, that you guys are, are fairly familiar with <laughs> this time uh, in terms of uh, of Gen Con. But what is it like for for people who who haven't been uh, to Gen Con before? And uh, for some of our listeners out there who uh, who perhaps uh, are not role playing uh, fans or who have not uh, been to a convention like this before. <laughs> You're pointing at the intern. Blame the intern. Um, but what? Um, so what? Uh, what would you tell them? Why? Why should they come to Gen Con and just kind of explain why this is such a special event to people? So this is my very first time at Gen Con Indy. I have never been out of my home state before, let alone to a giant gaming convention. I had no idea what to expect. But do you know what I found? I found a giant room full of wonderful people walking around, having a very good time, and all feeling very at home, whether or not they were into board games. Some people dress up as characters. It's amazing. I love it. Someday, I'll come to Gen Con dressed up as Angus. <laughs> well, that will be interesting. Uh, it's my first official time of being at Gen Con. Uh, those who check out our show can find out what happened last year. But 
We are here officially because we've got the diploma that says I'm a service animal and that gets us in. So that's good for us. But it, yes, as Claire said, it's a wonderful, wonderful group of people and, uh, and uh, everyone's here having a great time. I met a, a lady today who never played board games in her life and she just came because she heard games and didn't know what it was. So I pointed out a few uh, Mayfair games that she could try out. Um, and it was kids and older folks and people in costume and people just wandering around. And the food trucks are to die for. <laughs> Lots of alfalfa. Yeah. Again, I have to mention the sheep. They may literally be to die for. Be careful with, with, with your words. <laughs> the, uh, the hero truck is something we want to avoid uh, as far as we go there. Well, uh, be sure to check us out on the Facebook and the YouTubes and the Twitters. Uh, and our website, thebobandangusshow.com. Also check out Mayfair Games. Claire might have a few things she wants to say. Oh, well, I think that it's important to mention that um, Pulp Gamer is a big thing that we are involved with. And Pulp Gamer produces all kinds of fun stuff just like this. All right, 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 right. We want to uh, thank uh, Don and uh, Aaron and uh, Scott and Thomas and all the others who uh, make this show possible. And, uh, and, of course, to my partner, Bob McWhirtle, who's out there somewhere having a beer. So, um, and uh, we'd like to thank a, uh, what's the name again? Okay. I'd like to thank the, uh, the Kind of Epic show, because it's Kind of Epic that I'm on this show. Bad segue. No, that's a good segue. I appreciate that. I'm sure they'll appreciate that, too. Now, Andrew, if you could, for the rest of the podcast, can you talk like that? Can you talk like a sheep the rest of the episode? Maybe, David. Okay. I think that's more go, to really. Uh, I mean, you're, we're also the linguist. The linguist, damn it. Now, I don't see, speak doing... animal languages. Well, I tried. Where's your universal translator? Oh, I left it at the apartment. Okay, fair enough. Hocked it for booze money. Gotcha. Mm. Just like Washington's wooden teeth. All right. <laughs> Anyways, that was fun. I listened to that one. That's a good one. Um, so uh, Mayfair Games is a lot of fun. I like. They them. really are. I mean, you guys had a game night recently with Catan. Oh hell's yeah! We er, almost every time we have a game night, it's with Catan. I know. I really want. I really want to get Star Trek Catan. The one bad thing I felt because when I retweeted the picture of of the event, my stupid phone autocorrected. Apparently, Catan K A T A N is a word. It autocorrected it twice, and I didn't notice that before it sent out the tweet. So it said it Catan and Catan again, and then I had a joke because it's Will Wheaton playing Star Trek Catan, and it's like Catan with like five A's, <laughs> and then so it came out as that, and it made me seem a very ignorant nerd at that point. So I, I later corrected in any other tweet, but man, that was annoying. I can imagine. But yeah, and also I sent a picture of the adorable baby that he kissed to him, and I said, "This is why you won your Catan tournament." Because he kissed the baby. Oh yeah, she was adorable. She distracted the opponents. Was she consenting? Hmm? Oh she... yeah, yeah. Okay. Her parents were right there. They're good friends. Like, they actually run a local gaming convention that's kind of like a mini Gen Con, but it has a, a charity focus. It's called Who's Your Gamers? Uh, is the group they they do regular monthly meetings at that to play board games, and then they host a free convention, which is Who's Your Con, which I think we may actually be at next year. Nice. Wait, what the hell is Hoosier Con? Uh, it's a, essentially like a mini Gen Con. It's just a free weekend event um, with donations to, to charity uh, to help um, support things like uh, Boys and Girls Club of Indiana, again, uh, Backpack Attack, which is a program they do collecting oh, school supplies. Um, we actually hosted that um, the opener for that last year. I put, helped to put that together. Sweetness. All right, so uh, what's next on the agenda here? What's next on? Yeah, I guess uh, we're going to continue with kind of the show report uh, from, from Gen Con, just because this was such a special weekend for us. Uh, maybe a little bit of a diversion from, from the manner that we normally do, but I think actually we, we should integrate some more gaming, um, like traditional gaming, I guess, into it. And we've had a lot of interviews with the other type of gaming uh, in terms of video gaming as See, well. We tried. I, I tried to do the oh yeah board we, game. The, nobody knows about this yet because of our hiatus. We did do a lot of stuff in the hiatus. Yeah, we've been working on a lot of stuff. We weren't we'll actually in a hiatus. Yeah, we yeah. learned how to make meth. We'll, we'll we were laying no, dormant. No, 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 Andrew, we weren't. We were yeah, a dormant volcano. Uh, me and Andrew were. I'm sorry. Oh. We saw that garage door go down and we shit ourselves. Oh. Bam. Only certain people know who we're talking. About. <laughs> but no, we. Um, I think the. Yeah, science. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Tread carefully. Tread there were so many. There were there we're were cosplayers. Now we got we got a new episode to watch after this. 
That's why, that's why I came over. You're gonna have your. You're gonna keep the recording equipment up. You're gonna do your own like bootleg version of Talking Bad. It's just gonna be. Oh shit! Oh shit! No! What the fuck are you thinking? Well, you know. God damn it, Saul! There will be less. There will be more bleeps later because we're learning. We we have some other big news. We'll talk about in our next episode. But kind of to divert. I mean, I did have an actual point to what I was saying, and which okay. I know it's rare. I know, right? But the um, but the idea is um, kind of. We, we do have our next interview kind of talks about the confluence of those two things. So we have an interview with Isaac Vega, who's a game developer. Um, and again, we're talking tabletop game developer here. Um, but he did the uh, tabletop version of Bioshock Infinite, which in its own way helps oh, to expand the, the story. And it's it's gorgeous. Um, at the convention, it was $70, um, but it's normally $85. Um, you can catch them at some other conventions. He talks um, a lot about... Uh, the development process, what it was like going to Insomniac and talking to Ken Levine and um, how, they, how they made the game. And it, it is, it's kind of that confluence of, uh, just like just like confluence of other nerd media and, and tabletop gaming. Like the, um, you know, the Game of Thrones uh, tabletop that was out well before the show and things like that. So it's uh, it's an art form that we all love. We all play the games and this is one of, one of those that has that cross appeal. So we hope that you guys who don't play tabletop games still will love hearing about Bioshock in the world of, of Rapture and the world of Columbia, and uh, for those of you who are tabletop fans, there, there's a lot, uh, there's a little bit more meat on the bone for you there as well. All right, well, I'm gonna get on to that. Get on it. Hello, guys. This is Isaac Vega here at the Plaid Hat booth at Gen Con. You can get your Vigors 50% off at Kind of Epic Show, and let's talk a little bit about Bioshock Infinite, the board game. <laughs> All right, now now it's recording. Now it's recording properly, like an expensive device should do. <laughs> I'm just going to do a, a very quick introduction. I won't keep you any more than just a minute or two here. Um, we are at Gen Con 2013, uh, and this time we are at Plat Hat Games. Um, we have some awesome uh, picks up on our Twitter page and also on your Twitter page uh, of... Uh, some Elizabeth cosplay here. Now, why would we have cosplay from Bioshock Infinite? Could it be that you actually had designed a tabletop game for Bioshock Infinite? Yes, uh, we are showing off here Bioshock Infinite, The Siege of Columbia, the board game version of the video game. So, what's going on in the board game here is that we are actually flipping the table. You are actually playing as the founders in the box Populi instead of Booker Elizabeth in the video game. So, Booker and Elizabeth are actually an annoying nuisance that are <laughs> running around and destroying all of your operations while you're trying to fight against each other for control of Columbia. How you're doing this is that you're trying to achieve victory points by taking over territories and different victory point cards throughout the game. Um, you can also, you're also trying to manage your hands with different action cards in your hand. And each action card has the ability to be used for four different things. So it's a really interesting game of trying to manage your hand and trying to make sure that you're trying to get around a Booker and Elizabeth as they're moving around everything, but also worrying about the other faction and what they're trying to do in order to get to those ten victory points before the other faction does. And now in terms of, of uh, the character design and the things that the people who are fans of the game are going to be familiar with, we have a lovely backdrop behind us with the Bioshock Infinite logo uh, and then your own logo for, for the Siege of Columbia. And we have Elizabeth and uh, we have, uh, it looks like Daisy Fitzroy there, and uh, we have the Songbird um, as well. It, it, is the Songbird a character that unfortunately we never get to fight in the game or anything of that nature? Is that, uh, how, do, how does the, the Songbird uh, feature into the, uh, the role-playing version? Um, the Songbird is actually um, a unit for the Founders um, that you're going to be able to be playing with. He's one of the leaders in the Founders uh, uh, faction. Now, the Vox Populi get an airship as their counter off to the uh, Songbird. So you're going to be using that guy around. And what's cool about him is that he's able to move... Um, Unlike all the other characters, he's much more mobile. So, um, can I ask how closely did you did you work with um, the the developers of the the console version? Uh, was there any consult with uh, Ken Levine or any of the other uh, main uh, creative team uh, on Bioshock? We actually went to Irrational Studios three times. Uh, we were able to meet with Ken Levine and some of his staff in order to talk about the development of the game and lots of things that they were working on in order to assist us with um, the art assets and everything that we put into the board game. It was a wonderful experience to be able to meet with them. They were very, very kind people, um, very helpful to us in trying to make sure that the project was as beautiful as it came out to be. Um, do we have any vigors or uh, plasmids or anything uh, of those type of, uh, of kind of iconic power-ups that are a part of the, yes, the gameplay? Yes, faction is going to have five vigors. 
um, that are going to be represented in their action deck. Um, players are also seeing iconic characters that came out, like the Handyman, um, in their decks as well, that they can go ahead and upgrade and boost um, as they go out through, throughout the game. Is there, there any plan, um, now that they're, of course, releasing uh, expansion packs to the, um, the Bioshock Infinite proper, uh, do, you, do you envision uh, expanding the, the game at all? Do you, do you expect to be able to uh, explore um, new, new worlds or new um, aspects of Columbia, maybe even revisiting uh, Rapture as well? Um, that all depends on, number one, the success of the game and whether or not Irrational Studios is willing to allow us to continue using their license to go further. So we're not 100% sure of what's going to happen since it just released. We're seeing how the market's going to do. Um, and once we know more about the success of the game, we'll go ahead and explore additional options to see if we can possibly do an expansion of the board game. Um, how uh, obviously this is one of the most story and, and art driven games um, that exists period I mean in, in any console format or um, um, just in gaming in general is a real uh, milestone what what kind of story uh, elements um, are able to help kind of set aside um, this for the, the tabletop version um, how, how, uh, how much more do we do we learn about about Daisy or some of these other characters that we didn't necessarily get to see that much of in um, the the Bioshock uh, Infinite game itself? Well, there's a few things that come up. Um, at the beginning of each round, a world event phase is going to happen, which kind of describes a little bit of what's going on in Colombia. Players get to vote on the outcome of that, and it gives a little bit of a story feeling of things that are coming out. It's kind of like a little newspaper every time that comes out. Uh, there's also victory point cards that have flavor text and different things that are going on in the world. Also, every um, every time a Elizabeth symbol comes out on the world event card, Elizabeth's timeline moves down, and there's little story arcs there that happen. Elizabeth has three different timelines, so there's like it's it's like going through diff three different tears of her of her life in the board game. So there's lots of different story pieces that we try to put in there. We didn't get to have all of the story presented to us before when we were designing the game, so we did as much as we possibly could with the information that we were given. If you could design your own uh, tear or your own alternate uh, reality, what what would you want to see? Like what if you jumped through to an alternate Gen Con, what would you want to find? <laughs> an alternate Gen Con. Hmm. What would I want to see? I would want to see tons more volunteers at the Plaid Hat booth. <laughs> and tons of people rocking around in Bioshock cosplay and holding my game in their hands. That would be fantastic. I mean, we had a lot of that here, too. But uh, um, having, having a little bit of a break sometimes would have been fantastic since we worked this con so hard. But everyone here at Plaid Hat Games is just doing a fantastic job showing off the game. I'm, I couldn't be any prouder. Um, so, I mean, this Gen Con has been pretty fantastic so far, so I wouldn't change too much at all. Who, who is more fashionably dressed, the Gen Con attendees or uh, the citizens of Colombia? <laughs> um, I am always interested to see on what our Gen Con fans can can come up with as far as costume-wise. So these guys are doing fantastic, and we are having plenty of people doing some interesting cosplay, just like the citizens of Columbia. <laughs> well, you guys can go ahead and find out more about me on my Twitter account at Isaac Vega Design. Um, you can also check out our website, www.plathatgames.com. Um, we have some cool stuff coming down the pipeline. I have another game contract with Plat Hat Games. So go ahead and keep uh, posted to our website and my Twitter account to get more information on that. Is that a game I'm looking forward to that comes out next month? Uh, no, I don't actually. Walking Dead Risk. Oh. Walking Dead Risk, wow. Yeah. I think that's going to be awesome. It's like half the map of Georgia, <laughs> and I have no idea how it's going to be played. Yeah. Like, will some people be zombies? Will, they have to. Will the zombies just be an, like a, another army? Like, you just control. Oh, kind of like wait, the wait, barbarians wait, so that are in civilization. Line, right? Uh huh. Risk. 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 Well, I mean, there's like Lord of the Rings risk, and like uh, I think like the Ring Racer and that, and then like you yeah, have like the the Ring moves, the Ring goes south. Huh. You know, like in one version, or you can just play like normal risk, but with the, you know, map of Middle Earth. Hmm. Gotcha. Huh. I was gonna say because if like if you did a life adaptation of The Walking Dead, it would be the undead life. <laughs> like it wouldn't it wouldn't work. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that though. That'll be fun. That I mean, will be fun. I, I took a picture of folks playing the Doctor Who Monopoly game there. I quite yeah. like that. But how does is it any different than regular Monopoly? I saw a lot of Paul McGann, so there's that. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's a good thing. 
Um, okay, what's uh, what's next? Um, I guess if we're going to go directly to um, the next interview, I mean, this one I was uh, Ready. Uh, a little hesitant about um, <laughs> because uh, it was it's not maybe I don't know. Well, it's it's just one. I got to say. I, it, I couldn't help but not interview these people because I walk into the show floor, it's very near, it's, it was on the, the aisle where you're entering, and then I look and I see the Invasion of Canada board game. Oh. And I just had to walk up to these people and say, why did you invade me? Why? <laughs> did why? anybody bend you over at that point? Oh, no, no, no. They, they were very polite. I mean, again, as, as hey. anyone who invaded Canada would be. You can be politely lent over a table. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. Cosplay is not consent, America. I just want you to know that. And, uh, Canada may be dressing up nicely for you, but that's because winter is coming. And literally, <laughs> winter is coming. It's not because they like Game of Thrones. Um, uh, you know, when the Americans tried to leave uh, Canada during the war, uh, they wouldn't let them go without doing one thing. And what, what was that? Getting the free hug. Oh. oh. Hey, are they afraid of the dark? Oh, 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 who turned out the lights? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Uh, we learned a little bit. There's a bit of a knowledge drop bomb that gets dropped in here. Like, there's maybe some actual burning because are, are it's... Are you afraid of the dark? Am I afraid of the dark? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. I don't even get the reference yet. How I met your mother. Oh. Yeah, that and... I just wanted to say, are you afraid of that? I loved that show so much. Know, it is superior to Goosebumps in every way, and I don't care if there are any R.L. Stein's fans listening, because it was so much better. It was. He went to the worst uh, university in the Big Ten, in my opinion, just because I hate their sports team. He went to the Ohio State University. Uh, and I hate them because they insist, they insist upon using the article. It's like, you know, the oh, Ohio State oh you fancy, huh? Oh, well, there, there's there's going to be a little bit of a knowledge bomb dropped here anyway in the interview, and this is uh, our interview with the developers at uh, Academy Games at Gen Con. All right, awesome. All right, this is Gabe again at Gen Con 2013, and just wanted to give you kind of uh, the non-visual medium version of uh, of a floor breakdown, kind of telling you. A little bit of an overview of, of all the cool stuff that, I, that we're finding from walking around the convention, uh, just to give you uh, a show report. And I walk in the front door, and what, what awaits me but a game called The Invasion of Me. It's called The Invasion of Canada, and it's a real game. And uh, it seems mildly educational, though, so I'm oddly suspicious of, of, this, uh, of this game. And we're going to go ahead and do a, a quick talk with uh, one of the developers. Yeah, so, so again, I came across a game, The Invasion of Me, The Invasion of Canada, 1812, as part of the uh, Amer Birth of America series. So I'm, I'm oddly suspicious that this, this looks like an educational experience. I came, I came here for fun, sir. This is a convention. How dare you thrust learning on me? Are you about to drop? Oh, oh my God, I see a knowledge bomb is, is about to be dropped. Oh, oh, but prepare for impact, ladies and gentlemen. Well, here we have the invasion of Canada, where two to five players get to gang up on each other to try to take territory away from each other in vast failure. Because both the British and Americans could not hold on to the territory they took. So in the game, you play as either the American army, the American militia, the British army, the Nat uh, Native Americans, or the Canadian militia. And what is such a hoot about the game is that the allies get to move each other's armies. And players don't always get along with what the best strategy is. So you get as much contention and bickering among the, the allies as you get amongst the enemies. Oh, I see. So it's, it's less educational about history and just more educational. You want, you want to let the children know about the failings of humanity. Well, that's actually how the real war was. One, the Federation general, the Federal Army General of the Americans would want to attack Fort Niagara, while the National Guard General would say, we are retreating, you can attack on your own, and the Americans would lose. Or look at what happened to Tecumseh. Uh, what did happen to him? Because I feel like he got a raw deal. He saved Canada, that's a nice thing that he did. And then, then he died. Yeah, that's a perfect example. On the British side, they had an alliance with the Indians. The Indians expected British support, but the British decided they were going to leave them out to dry, and it was the real end of the American power in northern Canada. 
I do, I do think that this is a somewhat timely interview, and we'll keep this fairly short because uh, we're not generally known as a history podcast here. But I, it's, a, it's a game called The Invasion of Me, so I'm quite interested in this. Can you, can you give people a kind of a general reason, like, why did the War of 1812 happen? Because it's something that isn't really well taught, even here in Indiana where a lot of the, the war took place, even with a historical figure like Tecumseh or, or Lala Wythika. Um, at, at the center of it were, were um, uh, Harrison, uh, General Harrison at the center of it. We don't really learn that much about why it actually happened. I mean, we hear about something like impressment or maybe we like Napoleon. Napoleon's a cool guy, right? Let's, let's go to war against England. They're, they're, they're assholes, England, right now. It's the 1800s. They're taking over everybody. But, like, what, why did we go to war with Canada? They seem such, like such nice people. The reason why is because America was still an experiment. Nobody knew if it could work, and everybody was afraid after Napoleon was defeated, defeated, Britain would ship their armies to Canada and invade the U.S. So they thought, oh, we'll invade them first while they're busy with Napoleon. But that didn't work out so well. So it is called the invasion of Canada. So again, just want to make that clear. We invaded Canada, and we didn't win. Explain to me how we lost to Canada. America lost a war with Canada. Well, it was one, we didn't really know how to fight that kind of war. It was different than any other war the U.S. had fought, where we actually had something to start out with. Before, we were had nothing and were just a bunch of rebels dancing around in Indian costumes on T-ships. And now we actually had to have organized armies and the Canadians got to be the rabble that got to fight us off and had nothing to lo- or everything to lose. Is this more like the Korean War? Like, did, was there an actual treaty, or is this at a stalemate? Could Korea, is Canada like slowly building up its forces like North Korea and is just waiting to pounce and, and burn down Washington again? I hope not. That doesn't sound very encouraging. Like, I want a definitive answer here. Like, tell me that Canada is not going to invade. Tell me that the podcast listeners should not have horrid, feverish dreams about Canadians rampaging their village. Oh, I, I think I think we are very safe. That that sounded better, but I'm still going to have that dream, and I'm going to lead the Canadian horde. So, I mean, I, I'm actually going to have a, a wonderful dream. But I appreciate your time. So, if you can, just go ahead and give a, a quick plug here with the the context of, of where we're at, Gen Con 2013, uh, the name of your company, and what it is uh, that you're here to promote. I'm Gunta Eichert with Academy Games here at Gen Con 2013. We're we're here to promote learning through play. All right, thank you for your time. We did say we're an infotainment podcast at one point. You said in your original description of our podcast, you said making nerds uh, or making the world better one nerd at a time. And then you had a hashtag or a slash, like, or at least better informed. Yeah. I feel like we almost lived up to that. Yeah, maybe. That, That was our goal at some point. Yeah. At one point, it was. Is that to say that we now have no goals? <laughs> I don't no, know. I think we just have goals. We'll talk about it in the next episode. Yeah. Um, no direction home, like a complete unknown. <laughs> I, I, I know only yeah. one direction, sir. Oh, I was going to punch you. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that joke was coming, and uh, I couldn't help like it. Your invasion? Oh, the coming invasion of Canada is a thing, okay? I'm going to lead the Canadian hordes. There's going to be a coming invasion. Oh, yes. <laughs> I don't even care how dirty that sounds, okay? Look, I, I've seen... Canadians are earnest folk. They don't understand oh, yeah. what we're discussing Ernest right Borgnine. <laughs> They're Ernest Borgnine? Yes. Uh, is he Canadian? No. I can totally buy that. Like, there's so many Canadian I, actors, like Peter Davison in the panel we talked about. He's Shatner. Like, You've only got one American superhero. He's like, the rest are Brits, Australians, or Canadians, all right? Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. I don't know how that happened. Uh, RDJ. Oh, you know what it is? It's the, they're they're the allies for the Canadians in the invasion. Ah uh, yes, yeah. they're the spies, the double he, agents. Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman is actually um, he's not just no, he's not he's just Canadian. a Wolverine. He's Canadian. He's a fucking double agent. Mm-hmm. Like Josh Lee. I was discussing this with my friend who, after I went and saw um, Wolverine, I the Wolverine, Wolverine. With it's a great movie, and I'm like, in the Marvel universe, Canada is not to be fucked with, are they? Like. They, well, you, they have Alpha Flight. They have Alpha Flight, and they Puck. have the Weapon X program, <laughs> and like they were trying to make some badass people for like I don't know I don't know why maybe a secret Canadian invasion. They're more impressive than uh, Great Britain. Yeah, 
Maybe we should build a wall. Great Britain, they have like Captain Britain, and uh, that's it, right? And Scroll John Lennon. Scroll John Lennon. Yeah. Who oh, they wow. killed? Who they killed? Mm. But it was a good death. It was. It was very good. Ah, uh, Paul Cornell. Oh, whatever happened to peace, love, and understanding? I think he stopped playing that uh, on his new tour. I'm, yeah, I'm so sorry, but were we talking about John Lennon and then... Then he made Lennon like, with Tortuga and Ram with like an Elvis Costello reference. I'm so confused next song. Mm. Anyways, what were we talking about? John Lennon and invasion of Elvis Canada. Costello oh, and Invasion of Canada. Canada. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so this is... A, this is going to get plugged. <laughs> 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 Prepare your beavers. Mm. I did. I, I guess should I uh, should I do the uh, the feedback that we got from our, our listener? Or yes. Our, yeah. That's, hey, this has been a long time. We haven't had uh, uh, a nice feedback in a while. It's been a while since we had anybody like, hey, comment on an episode or anything. Because we're always so like, I'm going to throw this out, and because she's nice, I wanted to ask you, can we give her a T-shirt? We have to make a T-shirt first. We have kid. to make a T-shirt. But hopefully it'll induce more fans to actually do what she did and say nice things about us. Okay, if you buy the stuff. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it so it's official anyways, now. Anyways, first off, if you guys ever want to like leave feedback on an episode, please do. Because we'll read them. If you guys want to say like we're pieces of shit, please tell us and we'll read it on the air. That's what I, yeah, that's basically what I like to read in the morning when I'm eating my breakfast. and Not the news, but I just want hate mail. Yeah. So if we Send could get some of that, that'd be I, awesome. We would love to read it. And, you know, if you slip in there, a hug in there somewhere, just to cover up the wound a little bit, we'd, we'd enjoy that. I'm used to it. I worked for Current. I dealt with a lot of hate mail. I want to feel like Bill Simmons. Uh... There's a phone ringing. There is a phone ringing. <laughs> Sorry, that's my emergency phone. Hold on, the, the phone. Yeah, the mayor must need me. Give game. me a second. Are you my mommy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Actually, that's a wonderful segue. Thank for the you. next episode. For, no, no, no. For cosplay, because oh, it's related oh, to this okay. comment. We have some beautiful cosplay photos, and oh, this lady on. is one hold of them. On. Let me answer this real quick. Oh, okay. Oh, well, that wasn't important. Oh, that was a really disappointing phone call, wasn't it? I know, it? it was. Silence your cell phones now. Yeah, please do. Hey. If you're listening to the podcast, silence your cell phones now. And also, don't kick this in front of you. That's really annoying. Alright, now what were you saying before we were so rudely interrupted? Doctor Who oh, cosplay. Well, um, yeah, we had Doctor Who cosplayers, so there's at least two photos of, of, of a really cool and creepy uh, uh, gas mask zombie. And, um, and Idris on. Oh, yes, um, I've already done it on our Twitter, um, but we have, uh, most of these are already on our Twitter. There's some that haven't been on either yet, but it's the first time we were able to live tweet from conventions and make sure um, if we do talk to you at a convention, um, the Twitter handle is the best way for us to send you something because it's inobtrusive. We're not asking for your email or any other contact details, and, of course, you, you can follow us. if you, We'd obviously very much like you to follow us, but it's not a requirement, so it's a nice way of... And I recommend this to anybody who does cosplay photos. If you think it's a nice photo and you want to share it with the people that are involved, it's a really nice, unobtrusive way to do it. And I think we've made some nice friends over over the course of the weekend, and this is one of them. I wanted to read the feedback that we got from Nikki Redman. Um, this is on our fa- uh, via our Facebook page, which she kindly liked while I was around. She says, Hello, Epic Show dudes. I ran into a rather nice gentleman who took a photo of me and slash or my friend at Gen Con. So if you run into a gentleman Deadpool slash Chun-Li in black and blue hair combination, would you mind sharing the photo with me? Thanks. I look forward to being an Epic Show fan, Nikki. So that was a very kind uh, comment, Nikki. And as I said, I'm going to spring a little cash the into the uh, into the kind of epic uh, fund, which we would appreciate other folks doing as well. Always have that option. Uh, and we're going to send you some kind of epic swag. We're going to send you a kind of epic show shirt. So if you wouldn't mind sending us another message uh, with your size or how you would like us to, to send, that infer- send that to you, and we will do so. And again, thank you so much for, for that. And uh, we want to encourage as many um, listeners or, or um, uh, viewers of our podcast, of our podcast, uh, Visual stuff like gay tours in the air. YouTube channels. <laughs> Our YouTube channels. Whatever there you we're go. Looking for. Um, Our we'll probably eventually get a Vimeo as well. <laughs> and a PornTube channel. We need one of those. Oh, no, no. PornTube? PornTube, PornTube channel. Oh, That's man. Y'all, y'all know how to, how to get us back on track, don't you? <laughs> I also wanted to <laughs> say, mention um, the latest Twitter follower that we had because it was kind of out of the blue. And I, I like the fact that we were getting Twitter followers out of the blue. Yeah. Um, we had somebody named Justin Abel, um, who is a sponsored skateboard and YouTube partner, and he's got like 73,000 followers, so and we're happy that he, he, uh, he thought we were going to follow following us. He's following us. Huh, out of nowhere. So he's from California. I don't even think he was at the convention. 
just let, saw some of our stuff, liked it. Sweet. So that's what we want. We said, yeah, and then now we're giving them a shout out. So it's a little worth your time. You, you get like us on Twitter, you like us on the Facebooks, you like us on the interwebs in some fashion. We will very gladly uh, shout out to you guys. Sounds good. Yeah. Mm hmm. Oh yeah, we have to introduce other segments. <laughs> I forget my uh, my host uh, my host duties here for for the evening. But yeah, there the next one. I, I need some of you guys to, to help me out on this. So how fun is Cards Against Humanity? How fun is it? Oh, I, I well just try describing, well telling, well describing to your your parents what a pixelated bukake is. Is I should have asked about that card. The the two cards I, I chose to ask about the origins of, and there was some kind not a nice shop talk in the interview. I know what the origins of Pixel. Oh well, no, 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 no. But how they came up for it in the game. Um, we weren't having a hit. We're not a history podcast. We weren't going to explain the origins. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. So I'm glad that you guys were vile and mentioned porno tube earlier because this is. Oh, a you're thing. welcome. Because now we can talk about cards against humanity in the fashion that it's going to be talked about. We invented a game that, and actually during the interview. We invent a game that's more vile than Cards Against Humanity. I think that what? it has some real potential. Hmm. I won't spoil it. You're gonna have to listen. But yeah, the two cards I ask about, like the origin of, are because I enjoy them, are an ass disaster, and uh, also Bill Clinton naked on a bearskin rug. <laughs> and there was some actual thought behind these two cards. I was quite surprised and quite funny here. And these guys were um, were great. So this is our our interview with um, the folks at, at Cards Against Humanity and Gen Con 2013. Bill likes to be drawn like one of your French girls. <laughs> is he playing the saxophone in there? Is he playing the saxophone during the interview? No, no, no. no, no. I meant Bill Clinton. Oh, you playing naked on the bare screen? No, that's, that's too much sexy for one, one card. That's way too much sexy for I one card. I think he serenades you with a um, with a saxophone on a different card. Is Buddy with him? Is Buddy? Oh, Baba is who you're asking about. No, no, Buddy was his dog, the Labrador Retriever. Yeah, well, Buddy was hit by a car a couple years ago. That's a political fact I didn't know. I didn't know what Bill Clinton's dog's name was. Yeah, Buddy, he was hit. His name sucks. They're both dead. White House hat. Oh my god, it's like the 90s because it's like Santa's little helper and, and then whatever the fuck the cast name was. Um, uh, Snowball the Second. Snowball the Second. Like, there, there could be more iterations of Buddy and. That's so off topic. So sorry. What the hell happened just now? <laughs> but yeah, we had a, we had like a really sweet intro, and then for once somebody else did the interrupting. <laughs> huh? Payback. Uh, that's um, fair. Payback. Now on to our... and now onto our interview with uh, with folks at Cards Against Humanity. You can pick me up, okay? Yeah, it's, it's all right. Up really well, actually. Awesome. Awesome. Yay! Purchase of something that is actually working. <laughs> Function. Functionality. This is something that we're not used to on, on our podcast or <laughs> any of our productions. Like, stuff is working? What? Unbelievable. Oh, well, I mean, I'm going to give a little bit of context here and give a, a brief introduction if you don't mind. No problem. I'm here at a Gen Con 2013 again, and I'm with one of the creators of the amazing game, which if you haven't played, go out and purchase it immediately. And don't purchase the knockoffs. Purchase it from these guys directly. Um, this is Cards Against Humanity, and I have one of the creators here, Ben Hantoot. If that is indeed your real name, I'm looking that, up, reading off of your badge here. No, that is indeed my real name, and you did a good job pronouncing it. Mm -hmm. Very, very good job. I'm just deeply concerned if someone can't pronounce my last name because it's the name of a country. All right, let's it's see the, it. I can't. Your badge is your badge is backwards. Oh my God! So, they, so, so your name is Gabriel Canada. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I'm told that is the correct. Okay, pronunciation. okay. From passed down from many many it's, generations. It's you know it's 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 a lot of a lot of odds, but what can you do? It's a it's America's hat. If you can't if you can't pronounce Canada, I just I'm deeply <laughs> concerned for for our public education system. This is a different point. We actually have an interview to get to. All right, we'll get to fine. It. So um, I guess I will just start by asking the question that I imagine everyone would want to ask: How the hell did you come up with this game, and what kind of sick twisted people are you? <laughs> you know we uh, so. History first, we wrote it for a New Year's party like mm -hmm. five years ago, uh, just as the game we wanted to play. Mm -hmm. um, and it caught on, people loved it. So, I mean, we built up uh, a mailing list of people who wanted to buy it over the course of like two years and then did a Kickstarter at the end of 2010 and the rest is history. But as far as it being sort of sick and twisted, it just, we just, we, we, there's no bullshit. We're like, if it's funny, it's in the game. So the you know the goal wasn't really to make something that was as sick and twisted as possible, so much as just to not censor ourselves at all. If we thought it was funny, like bam, it's in the game. I think my favorite card, even though it has never won me a round, um, 
is my favorite card just for for the imagine. Well, no, maybe there's two. There's Bill Clinton naked on a bearskin rug. Oh, which, you you have you have new additions. I do have that, and then also um, an ass disaster. Uh, that's that's a delightful card. <laughs> delightful. Who, who who thought up those two? Since those are my favorite. Okay, Bill Clinton naked on a bearskin rug took us about a year to write. Mm. We we were messing around with all kinds of different permutations. Originally, it was it was Gary Busey. And he had a saxophone, and it was like a cowskin, and it just sort of kept changing over the years. It wasn't quite good enough until we until we landed on Bill Clinton. This is this is like an art form here. I'm loving it. Like we're getting the uh, the the riffs of, of uh, like the, <laughs> the the unreleased stuff there. The riffs yeah. of the cards that didn't make it. And right like the the Beatles song was it. Uh, Eleanor Rigby was originally like Reginald Chumbly or something. What? Yeah, can I you imagine? According uh. to Donovan, the other the pop stars. Wow. So. We do this. We we, we we go on tangents on our podcast. So it's as if you're actually a member of the podcast now. It's, it's like you're here interview. right now, yeah. you guys. So, yeah, I mean, uh, what are you promoting here at Gen Con other than um, the game uh, itself? Do you have any new um, extended editions? Do you have any new um, cards that are Gen Con exclusive? No, nothing, nothing new as far as Cards Against Humanity here at Gen Con. I mean, we have a number of new products coming out later in the year. Uh, we do have a, a bigger box coming out in the near future and a you know fourth expansion by the holidays. The big thing we're doing at Gen Con this year is the tabletop deathmatch, ah. uh, which you may or may not know about at all. Oh, um, go ahead and explain as if I didn't know, and okay. I'm going to nod approvingly as if I do know exactly oh, what you're okay. saying. Okay, he's nodding. Mm-hmm. Um, so the tabletop deathmatch is a contest we're hosting where we basically opened up a forum for people to submit their ideas, mm-hmm. I guess not really ideas, their prototypes for games, mm-hmm. uh, and then we're going to pick one winner and do a first production run for him. Oh, that's perfect. I mean, I did. I was aware of the, the development contest, but I didn't know it was actually sponsored by you guys, so that's awesome. We're, yeah, we're paying for it. Yeah. So, uh... That generally gives one ownership of a thing if you're no, paying for we're, it. No, we're... <laughs> no ownership. Just, uh... Advertising. Uh, <laughs> no, I just mean you can definitely say that's your thing. You guys are doing that here at Gen Con. So, uh, and this is another, I mean, just kind of... Um, kind of contextual point here. Can you explain to, to people who maybe aren't um, role-playing fans or aren't tabletop fans... Um, why this convention is what it is and, and why, why it's so important that you guys are, are, are here or what essentially Gen Con means uh, for you or for the, the team. I mean, you know, Gen Con and, and PAX is, you know, in the same category for us. Or it, it's, it's the place where we get to go and meet fans and get to hang out with nerds mm-hmm. who are who just, just un, unabashed, like it, it, in, in a place where there's no... Just everyone's comfortable, yeah. and it's the, the type of people who feel comfortable saying "ass disaster" on a podcast. Yeah, ex- exactly. You know, giant men in maid outfits, and you know, whatever. It's it all flies. Are you getting? I mean, on that note, are you getting any inspiration for new <laughs> for new cards? Just sort of watching the cosplay. Oh, it probably. They're they're stewing in our in our subconscious now, and they'll they'll pop out over the next couple months. Um, are there, were there, um, forgive me for, for kind of asking the historical context, there are questions here. Were there ga- other games that you guys had developed before Cards Against Humanity? Cards Against Humanity is the first game we actually released, but it's not the first game we made as a group. Uh, the year before we made Cards, we made a similar game um, that was basically a deck, sorry, basically oh, yeah, a yeah. deck full of um, crazy questions. Um, and users, the players would write the answers, um, and then the judge would try to match the answers to the players and it was unwieldy and not very fun but then we sort of adapted it into Cards Against Humanity the following year we simplified mm-hmm. the questions and we wrote all yeah. the answers so <laughs> is there a, do you have any plans on, on maybe uh, giving giving people a peek at that is that the, the type of thing that may eventually be released oh no never it, w- it, it was a terrible game really really <laughs> not fun but but it, it was it was a good exercise and it gave us a lot of material. You mean you're not going to do the George Lucas treatment? You're not going to pump it out like the prequel to Cards uh, Against Humanity? Yeah, Cards Against Humanity. Cards Against Humanity. Episode zero. One through five. <laughs> <laughs> no, thankfully not. You yeah. guys, you guys wouldn't want it. Although you know we are we are working on some possible new games. I don't want to commit to anything because they they might suck too. Nobody listens to the podcast. I assure you, would number. We're in the top ten, I think, on the thing that we do. Maybe some people listen, but it's few people. An insignificant amount of people. You can reveal it here. Uh, I, I did that treatment to the guys at, at at Bioware, and they told me the name of one of the expansion packs. Problem they are, was, they are of weak will. I know. Well, here's the thing. This is proof that it will work. That this that this will work is that um, they revealed the name and concept of an entire extension pack for Mass Effect Three a year in advance at New York Comic Con. 
and then no gaming publication wanted to run with it. They're like, who the fuck are you guys? So you can say it that's right a, now, that's and amazing. they'll just imagine that it's completely false. All right, it's, it, it's a game where you have to fish your own craps out of a toilet bowl. Ah. So is it is it an augmented reality game, would you say? It's it's just re- straight-up reality. It augments Not even reality augmented. by becoming shittier. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Adds 50% more shit to your day. Well, depends. I mean... Well, it depends, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that the name of the game? Depends. <laughs> it's called Depends 64. Depends 64. Yeah. I want to see Depends 64, kid, now. Damn yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, man, I really appreciate your time. I mean, is there anything more that you, you guys really want to get out there in terms of what we're doing here at Gen Con? When the, the announcement will be of the, the winner of the, the development uh, competition? Or what other games that, that your company's Well, so, about? I mean, regarding the, the death match, I mean, we willed it down to 16 finalists right now we're judging them all we spend about half an hour with each one each day um, and we're filming the whole thing as a documentary that we're actually going to release uh, as a, a little web series in, in a couple months when everything's done and cobbled together and then we'll announce the winner oh very so, cool yeah can you announce the winner yet? No, no, no. I don't know. We, no, we're we're, we're not done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, what, uh, do you have a name for the, the web series? Or do you have a... Uh, uh, where can people find you I online? mean, it'll... So, I mean, it's called the Cards Against Humanity Tabletop Deathmatch is the name of the contest. And we're just at cardsagainsthumanity.com. And then, um, is it going to be available on YouTube, Hulu? I mean, do you know what online portal yet? Um, it'll certainly be on Vimeo, and then we'll, we'll probably cross-post to YouTube. Mm-hmm. Oh, you snazzy people in your HD on the Vimeo. The, oh, how, us with our high-quality video streams. Uh, <laughs> the class field trip was completely ruined by the kind of epic show which you're listening to right now. Oh, thank you so much. Hey guys, I really hope that you enjoyed that interview. Um, this represents the end of the podcast, where we're going to do what most podcasts do at the beginning, which is tell you the stuff that you should be doing, to, which is to follow us right now on the interwebs. You can find us on Twitter, at Kind of Epic Show. You can also find us on Facebook, at Kind of Epic Show. And as we said in the show, we will read your comments and possibly even send you swag for, for commenting and participating. You will become a part of what makes us Kind of Epic, and we really appreciate that, guys. Um, but we have some big developments now. You can also find us on Podomatic.com where you can stream our podcast live. You can download us on iTunes. We're working on becoming a part of the Windows Phone Store as well so that you can get us on all of your mobile devices, uh, but you can catch us in your car now. So you can, how epic is that? You can listen to Kind of Epic Show in your car. And we won't be responsible for any vehicular manslaughter that occurs after that. But you can find us uh, in your car via the Stitcher app. So just look for us on uh, Stitcher with their search function under what other else? But, uh, but kind of epic show. So, uh, again, we are all across the inner tubes. Inner tubes. We're all across the, the interwebs. We're all across the interwebs, guys. And uh, we would appreciate uh, you giving us some, some feedback and uh, just enjoying the show. Thank you. Listeners, this is Micus, creator of the kind of epic theme song Zombie Kids. If you're interested in finding out more about my music, you can check me out at micusmusic.com. Also, I am on iTunes, Facebook, and SoundCloud. You can look me up as Micus Music, and that's M I K U S, and you know the rest. All right, peace out, everyone. Keep listening.